I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We're here. <laughs> do you want to do it We're again? here. We're awake. We're recording. We're, We're doing present. our best. We have two exciting guests with us. There's going to be four girls on this mic. So hold on, guys. There's going to be a lot. Get of ready. Us. Get listen. If you don't like women's voices, you're in trouble. Move on. Yeah. Why are you listening to our network? It's <laughs> like mainly. Women. I don't know. Also, let us speak finally. Um. Okay. So we have the greatest guests from the podcast. Let's get civical. And I really, I have to talk to him about one of their episodes I'm such a big fan of. Um, we have Lizzie Stewart and Arden Walentowski. Good job. Yes. Welcome. Yes. To say hi in unison too. I wanted us to be like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but we're it's not, really hard. Yeah. It's so Let's hard. Get Civical is another podcast on the More Banana network which is a that network that our podcast network that we're on that is all it about women's voices and it's great and it's and it's kate molden's network and she does an amazing job She's and she doesn't plug yes. herself enough i'm like all about plugging her lately yes she's uh, hashtag kate molden like, she can't contain yeah she's our <laughs> producer we will refer to her throughout this so there's like five <laughs> women in this call um we i just wanted to say for my favorite episode so far with let's get civical it's when um, they were joined by Amanda Littman, the co-founder of oh, Run for yeah. Something, yeah. because they break down how and where the money goes in a political campaign. Something as easy and little, not easy, as small as a local government as far as presidency. And 
she just explained it so well for me. Mm -hmm. And I do get, we were talking about this a little bit before. I think finances are exciting and provocative and nobody wants to admit. And you just want to somehow look like you arrived at right. the success wealth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I loved how she, I totally recommend if you want to listen to it and really understand where your dollars actually go when they're asking for fundraising, why mm-hmm. they ask really early, why they mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was so great. Yeah. Because she's so unreal. Great. She's brilliant. Yep. Um, if you haven't heard of her um, company, it's called Run for Something where they promote like new, fresh um, blood and they like support them as they try yes. to run for office for the first time. Yep. It's like literally incredible. She has a book. Like shout out to Amanda Litvin. She's great. She's doing She's the work. Hillary's yeah. promo emails. <laughs> yeah. Like what a life. Uh-huh. What a life. She's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't that. wait to and listen. You can get to listen to our Let's Get Cynical Girls too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm so excited. You guys brought a political scam for us. Yes. Thank so you. this I'm so excited about because we discovered this that we're going to talk about the um kidnapping and bank robbing Patty Hearst of okay. Patty Hearst. Woo! Yeah. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> and the reason why we why like we became aware of this is because we were talking we have an episode on presidential pardons. Um and one of one of the the ones that came up was um when Jimmy Carter commuted her sentence and Bill Clinton eventually pardoned her. And it's such a wild story and that's how it's we so became crazy. aware of Patty Hearst but it was like this sort of like shook the nation this like young like very Tell wealthy more, affluent yeah about her I, oh my I god locked it out Ugh, I don't know I don't no, know like if you were not alive during like the 70s for this event like right. you probably had not heard of it unless like you come across it in some weird tangential way like right. we did well, probably had to read about it in history and then it's like we moved on to the next chapter and I forgot it maybe but like sorry Patty. Pa- sorry Patty I don't even sorry, know Patty. if that's yeah Patty I mean, is still living she is still exciting she's yeah. still she is yeah, yeah she's alive. she's like in her 60s now yeah. so she's actually gonna call me she's later call and <laughs> wait <laughs> we'll really get, no absolutely oh, not uh, um, I was like, she was like can you imagine really? I would wow. love if I had like pull I know right I truly can't get anybody on the phone but um it would be exciting if I could get Patty Hearst but yeah, it was a huge thing in the 70s. Like, yeah. like one of the, like, a very sensationalized trial just based on the, the circumstances surrounding it, which we will tell you about. Let's get to it. Yes. yes. So I will describe, I'll set the scene of who Please. Patty Hearst is. Okay. So Patty Hearst is the granddaughter of publishing titan William Randolph Hearst. So William Randolph Hearst, like, owned a ton of newspapers back in the day. He was, like, a Cajillionaire built this enormous estate called Hearst Castle in uh, California, which is so much fun. I've been there. Uh, and you should tell them about the pool. Okay. This is her dream. My dream is to like swim in the pool. Like they have these two enormous, gorgeous pools yeah. that I like when I went there as like a 13 year old, I was like, wow, I want to swim in the pool. So you got to go. So, yeah. Uh, so he was like the Rupert Murdoch of like the 70s. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, he was, I mean, he Even was at the turn of the century. Yeah. yeah he was like okay. at the early 1900s because she's his granddaughter. But they have like more money than you can and, ever yeah, imagine. Like, Hearst is still Hearst Magazine. Hearst, yes, Hearst it's Magazine. It's like on. Cosmo, they, Car and Driver. Yeah. They El still have Decor. a lot of money. It's like literally still pick up a great. magazine and like it's probably theirs. It's probably theirs. Okay, yeah, okay yeah. great. So she is an heiress. She's like, a, you know, seven, 1970s heiress. Got it. She um, was very unexpectedly when she was 19 years old and living in Berkeley, she was kidnapped mm. by this domestic terrorist group called the SLA or the, how do you say it? Symbionese Liberation Army. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she was like chilling in her apartment with her 
Ben fiance. fiance. Yeah. yeah. And they like broke in, knocked him out and kidnapped her, which like, right. Like right now it's like, okay, great. Wealthy heiress is kidnapped. Like very standard. That like, makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Like I, <laughs> that I'm out. understanding what's happening. Um, and so she gets kidnapped. And of course they send out this, these tapes of her being like, they demand you like, Hey, what's it? They, they wanted. What was so the like thing? the sympathies. Yeah. The it was weird. Symphony's liberation army is kind of like what, like my big fear for like what the left is doing right now, which is like these, like they were largely radical, mm-hmm. um, like for positive things, but like, right. su- but like extremist yeah. about it. Like kidnapping um, people. You right. Like, went too far. like you might do a Mar- like, right. Like let's not be Marilyn Manson. Let's, right. you know, but they, um, they were like anti-racism, uh, anti-corporation, but they took it to a point of like, they wanted the ransom for Patty Hearst's kidnapping right. was that they pay like 70 bucks per person, like in the state of California yeah. to like buy them food. Which comes out to like $9 billion. Like right. it's like, like, it was an, like an obscene amount of money that the Hearsts did he not like, have. I just don't have, I, I don't have that. Right. And also how was this small little group going to hand $70 to every person? In yeah. Right. It's like, what does that look like? But they're also like lazy and they're like, you figure out how to do this. Oh. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. they're quite and, incredible. For some reason, I associate them with the Manson family, it's like around the same time period. It's, it's around, yeah. yeah. It's like it's in the seventies when like there was kidnapping's like, hot. Kidnapping is hot, hot topic. Cults it's a cool are thing very to do. big, like right. radical organizational yeah. groups. Well, it's, it's weird. It's yeah. It's a response to uh, the Vietnam War. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. of these people, okay. all these kids, they just came back. You know, you still have family members that have gone through World War II, and it's just this reaction of we have to take back our government. It's taking over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and it's like nervous. the wealthy people are like taking all, you know, there's yeah, people, people starving and money. dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people like the Hearst are built, like have a castle, you know? So it's like, right. Right. It's, it's not a good look. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's not a good look. It's not great yes. for, for branding. Remember yeah. in the 80s mm-hmm. where everybody, because I, I, I guess this was the backlash in the 80s. We were always told to watch out for kidnapping. Kidnapping was stranger oh, danger. Yeah. 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 You were afraid that you were going to get taken. Well, because kids like did get taken. Right. Like, in the 70s, everybody got kidnapped. Everybody yes. kidnapped. Like Joe Walsh's kid like literally disappeared <laughs> from the store. And then like now, and then he was the host of, um, what's that show? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. America's Most Wanted. Yes. And then they just found out like there was an article recently about these two girls who disappeared disappeared from a mall like back in the 80s like kids were just they were just going left and right yeah because parents were like yeah they were snatched snatched. they were very much snatched okay um so yeah it's a very weird time to be alive the 1970s and and like a young person in the 70s Mm -hmm. um so yes so she gets kidnapped and the they changed the basically the demands from giving 70 dollars for every person in the state of california to giving like two million dollars worth of like food and um, like s- stuff to underprivileged communities, which basically meant like they, uh, her family was like, yeah, we'll do that. And mm-hmm. then it caused riots because they would just like deliver these trucks of food and people would kind of go crazy. So it was like a so the huge family mess went through the plan. They did. They, yeah. They yeah. Organized yeah. That they found food and materials and then they would go to the specific places that this com- mm-hmm. this organization wanted them to go to. They drop off the food and that yeah. was chaotic. But the, yeah, the yeah. dropping off of the food was just basically like people... There's freaking no out. Yeah, there's no infrastructure no, for like, that. It's like it was a hot mess. It caused like, riots. Literally like Robin Hood like running mm-hmm. through the streets on like a cart pulled by horses. Like yeah. that's what I imagine just like throwing <laughs> coins. Like that is what I imagine the equivalent to be. Yeah. Well, also it doesn't seem like the Hearst family knew. They said like, "Okay, we'll do whatever you want," but they didn't know how to 
neither side knew how to follow through with it totally. or to carry no. out their wishes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It felt like the, it felt like a, um, a bad improv. <laughs> you know what I mean? That they were constantly like, oh, but that, now oh, I'm painting. You know, it was a, that's what I imagine exactly. a bad improv would be like. All these demands were being made through pre, like pre-recorded tapes right. of Patty Hearst. And so, she's requesting this on the tape. She's requesting this, like being like, hey, mom and dad, I'm doing fine. Um, they're basically telling, like telling me to do this. You guys need to do this, whatever. So they're sending these tapes to like radio stations and these are the tape. This is how they're getting their instructions or tapes of Patty Hearst, which is like, okay, that's like kind of like normal kidnapping behavior is to send out, like, you know, to put them on, like to record them. To show her that she's okay. okay. That they're not going to harm her unless you do this. Right. To me, it was a little weird that they like kept releasing. Yeah, it seems like a lot of tapes. Like it's a lot (laughs) of There's a handful of tapes and I'm just like, and to, <laughs> right, and to let her take the reins with it, like usually yeah. a kidnapper is like, here's you have here's to read my demand, right? Like here's right. my demands. Like I mean, it was just it was a little like that was a little odd to me. Okay, yeah, right. And I think yeah. Um, and so like, how many was anyway, it? It was like five, five, five or six, five or six in total. And then by the end, like it's a whole trajectory with yeah. these tapes where she like at first she's talking about, um. Like, you know, it's, they want you to do this. I'm fine. They're not, you know, hurting me, but I, you know, they want this money and they want it to go to food stuff. And then over time it became more about why aren't you doing more to get me out? Right. And she yeah. kind of started to turn on her parents. Right. Mm. Because she didn't think oh. that they, she was, I mean, and this is where like the kind of scandal or weirdness comes in is at what point, like, is she being brainwashed by this group? Yeah. Who, um, like she's like now entrenched with them and is living with them and they're keeping her in a closet. Is she like in Stockholm syndrome yeah. and yeah. being brainwashed or because she ends up working with them? Was does she, she in on it? Yeah. yeah. Is she mm-hmm. in on it? And at what point does she turn? And so these tapes become like kind of a focal point because she turns on her parents to the point where they're, she's like, you don't really care about me anymore. What is happening? What is the FBI doing right now? Like, what are they doing? Sure. Yeah, we will. So yeah, they're they're basically right now looking for Patty yeah. as though she is a kidnapped victim because that is what the scene is right now. But where things start to get weird and where the FBI starts to get like more involved is um, on the fifth tape. And this is 59 days after she's been kidnapped. She denounces her family and she claims allegiance to the SLA. Oh. And she and this is what's and this is what I can't I can't get over this because all of the members of the SLA, they have like their like their normal names, but they've taken other names, mm-hmm. which is like pretty common in these organizations. Sure. And she, cults. And cults, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she took the name Tanya, which is not, to me, I'm just like, that's like Patty, Not the name I pick. Yeah, not it's not a name I pick out of all the names. I mean, it's just like- Not the name I pick, Patty. You know, like one mm-hmm. of the guys is named Cujo. Like that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that seems a little like- Yeah, that's <laughs> badass. But yeah, I'm like, that's at least creative. But yeah, Tanya. it is tiny with an I, though, if that helps That is you. true. It's T-A-N-I-A. And, but yeah, Maybe so it's Tanya. I don't know. Tanya. It could be Tanya. Could Maybe. be Tanya. Maybe. <laughs> so she has, there's a tape of her saying, I am now part of the SLA. Wow, okay. And my name is now Tanya. Tanya. So, so now this is where, like, her involvement in her life of crime begins. And the SLA um, did a lot of bank robberies. And so uh, she was photographed and caught on video of like being involved in a bank robbery, um, which is ultimately what she would be like charged with spoilers. 
So then she did join them. So then, so yeah. So now, now it's like she it's she's not, now working with yeah. them, right? Yeah. Does she want it to become a knowledge that now she is a part of this? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So this is Proudly. there's more like the tapes keep coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's like, this is my new family. These are my people. This is yeah. we're doing the you know God's work. Blah blah blah. Right. There there is even a tape which comes up in her trial later where she literally says, "I am not brainwashed," oh, <laughs> which is not helpful. Mm-mm. To, to the defense, defense. that you brainwashed. <laughs> not even very much. Right. Um, so she is like involved in this. Um, the SLA all comes to a head when there's this enormous shootout between the SLA and the police of, is it San Francisco? I think it's, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. There's this very, it is, yeah. yeah. And it's like the most famous, like one of the most famous like police wow. shootouts. Like it's like the entire like, oh, shootout. Yeah. Like Hollywood style shootout. From, and like they're in a house. There's six of them in a house. And then basically. Oh, so it wasn't during a bank robbery. This was no, no, no. no. To their, they followed them. They, they found, found where they their are. hideout. Yeah. yeah. Like a Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're like, having this enormous shootout. There's like the SWAT. There's the police. There's the, the, the army. Like, ev- like everybody's arrived <laughs> for this shootout. They're like tear gassing the place and trying wow. to get them out. They're they're sniping them like they'll see them and they'll snipe them. And so they're like picking them off one by one from the inside. And then the house catches fire. Wow. And then the rest of them die in the fire. So th- what's important to note at the point of Patty Hearst, there's maybe nine active members of okay. the SLA. Six of them die in this shootout. Wow. Patty Hearst is not in the house. Patty Hearst and I think two other people. Two other people. Yeah. They're off somewhere else. So which which this is why it gets it's a little interesting because it's like if you're kidnapped and you're like, you know, being like forced to to commit bank robberies and all that, when the majority of everybody is dead and you're with two people, get out of there. No, there's something with brainwashing, though. Because slowly your kidnappers like give you a little bit of freedom right. and then you start to get self-esteem. With Wait, was she, to go back, was she confirmed she was in a closet? Did they keep her in a yeah, closet? Yeah, so like, yeah, we kind of, we we should go back and like talk about that kidnapping and the holding and yeah, that I'm stuff. So but like, it's that. so interesting because they, they kept her in a closet um, and they showed up and they weren't like, when they showed up to the house to kidnap her, she wasn't like, they didn't like immediately barge in. They like knocked on the door and were like, hey, hey. like there was this like famously this <laughs> girl who was like, like her, like, you know, turned away from the door and was like, hey, we like, there's something wrong with our car. We like hit something oh, down the street. And then they're like, can we use your phone? And then these two guys bust in behind this girl. Like she was the decoy. And then they break in and they take her and they like bind her up. Um, and her fiance was home. And so he's, they don't, he doesn't know at the time. And he says there's like video of him in an interview. This like great, um, like uh, I was watching yesterday the CNN preview of this like mm-hmm. uh, documentary series that they did on Patty Hearst. And he basically is like, I had no idea that they were kidnapping her. Like they were just kind of beating him up. And then they took her out of the house. Okay. Yeah. And then they took her to, um, I don't know, like some secure location, wherever they were, like wherever their camp was mm-hmm. and like kept her in a closet. And then slowly over time, they, what they talk, like what, they talk about in the CNN thing. And then this guy, Jeffrey Tubin, who wrote a book called, I think it's called American heiress. What he talks about too, is that like over time, because she was so rich and sheltered and, you know, of the elite and had this like her in her own bubble, right? Like what was, it was, she was easy prey for these people who were like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like you have everything. Mm. And 
shame on you for having everything and for like, for not helping people. What is your purpose in life? And she kind of took that. I mean, according to people who were there, Mm -hmm. they also interviewed this guy who like literally was the one who kidnapped her. Okay. Um, and he was like, yeah, I mean, she like, she came around like, that's kind of how he describes it. And I was like, that is, I mean, it's, so it's hard. It becomes hard to make this argument for like Stockholm syndrome when like, maybe she just really had some kind of quote unquote epiphany agreed with them on like sort of what they were doing. I think that that happens. We've talked about like manipulators and con men and, and people like that. Um, you, there is sort of a grain of truth that they hold on to and then exploit that and grow. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would be like, yes, you, your family hasn't given back enough, but then they will then take that to be the excuse of why they then should control her life and body. You know, like it, right, yeah. right, right, like right. it's, it's sort of like there could, there's, she probably did feel slightly guilty. And that was just after you're in a closet for days. Right. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'll do, do it. it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's rob some banks. And I'm positive that they, if the tape said eventually that she like didn't, you know, she was asking why her family didn't care about her. I'm positive that they said that to her. You know? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. 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 They were in there being like, look, they've abandoned you. Yeah. Right. Look right. at this. It's very I compelling. think I read American Heiress a couple of years ago when it first came out. And she was like, um, she was like in her early 20s. She was married. They were living in like um, an apartment complex. Like she was like taking classes. So this was like her husband. She was like on the straight and narrow to live a regular life. So I think that this was her first exposure to like anything radical or any kind of like different ideas. And so maybe that's why she fell for it so quickly. Yeah. And she was I think she was 19 when she was kidnapped. And she, it's like it's the 70s. It's not like now when you just. You can literally walk, you know, in, in a major you're city, walk down, a you're exposed to a lot where you can walk down the streets of a major city and see inequality or you can turn on the news in a real way right. and see live footage from somewhere mm-hmm. or turn on a you know social media app. It's like they she probably didn't know how to like that she should search it out or, or like have awareness or, or like totally and I also think sometimes not to like, forgive her really but like no but know. I think families protect each other like you don't want when children are little you don't want to show them the evening news about who got shot in their neighborhood yeah. you know like so I think she was that sheltered like yeah and families totally. can go above and beyond and go like well we don't want to upset our child you know we don't my mother did <laughs> yeah <laughs> my mother was like we're watching the news yeah, oh, yeah. and this is this Same, is it my this parents are like we're watching Titanic and I'm like, I don't know, y'all. I actively <laughs> make my family turn off the team, turn off. I'm like, no, I am not having the last thing we look at night while we're all like having family. Dinner. I'm not looking at like who was murdered. I was like, I we're doing something else. We're watching Moana. Like, I yes. will not. Uh, I will not. How let far us. I'll go. No. Yeah. She was kidnapped in a closet. When was she moved from the closet? Is there any? Um, uh, she was in a closet for fifth. E days. It was a while. Yeah, it was it was a good chunk of time. Yeah. Um, it was basically I, I think she was in the closet pretty much almost up until she like announced or she released the tape of her being like, My name is Tanya. Yeah, I'm not part of the SLA. Oh. That was probably part of the agreement. You can get out. You yeah. Yeah. They yeah. also, I think, I don't know if you came across, but there was like allegations. She because she's done interviews since this whole thing has happened. And I haven't, not that they're not out there, but I haven't heard her say that these things actually happen, but there are allegations that they're, that they raped her and they kind of tortured her. And so there is, there's that. Yeah. They the talk about the yeah. the rape yeah. in the trial a little bit. Do they? Yeah. We, I can. We'll yeah. I immediately, the trial. that was my first thought. 
in Jeffrey Tubin's book, he makes it sound like everything was cool and they were all friends. Or like, yeah, yeah. And they weren't mean to her. And I don't know. That's how they treated women in the 70s. So they're like, everything's all cool. We're just simply raping. We're simply raping. That's raping. Love. 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 We're not beating her up. We're just raping We're just her against raping her will. Her. Yeah, there's well, no physical violence other than the rape. Other than the rape. But also there were other women there too. And yeah. so I feel like it gives you, as a woman, it would give me a false sense of security if I was being held by a group that also included women. Yeah, I would be like, like you even. will have my back. And no, these women no. didn't, like they felt exactly as the rest of the, you well, know, the guys the in the group do. did. Yeah. 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 The security is real. Um, so yeah. So basically once we are at the point in the story where the shootout has happened okay. and six of the members have died, including the leader, we haven't talked about the leader, but who um, has a great, who has a great name. name. Um, his, Actual name is Donald DeFreeze. And he, his like um, SLA name was General Field Marshal Sinke. Is that what you said? Uh, Yeah. Sinke? Sinke. Yeah, general yeah. feel, which I'm like, great. That is creativity at its finest. That's better than Tanya. I'm not here to like. We're having a lot of problems with Tanya. We're not here really for not Tanya's. trying to like harp on the name, no. but like Tanya was. Ugh. Anyways, okay. Maybe she didn't have a choice. I don't know. Maybe they looked at her and they were like, you're Tanya, but who knows? It could have been more. Could creative. have been better. Tanya. It's I not about they, the name Tanya. They may have named her. I think he might have named her, if I remember from was the book correctly. Was she in love correctly. with the guy? That happens a lot of times that you were in love with the leader. She was not with the leader, but there is what what comes oh, sorry, up in we'll the trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is maybe potentially so a love relationship, okay. or a, I don't want to say a love relationship, a relationship with one of the sure. members that is questionable. Um. So she and the there's she and the other two people who are sur- now survive like sole survivors right. of this. Um, Is it or, her and two men? No, it's her um, and a married couple. Okay, yeah, they're on the run. They're on the run, um, and they are on the run for five hundred days. Which I'm just like, wow, what were we, like the FBI is nobody know Patty chasing them for five hundred days, and right. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's so much time. That's two That's almost so two long. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so they're like, they're bumping from house to house. They end up in Pennsylvania somehow. Um, eventually, the three of them are caught. Um, and what's funny, before I go into that, they used to, they were training themselves, basically. Mm. And so they would run four miles with, like, weights on them mm-hmm. to train, to be, like, physically in their best, sh- best shape, which is another one of those moments of, like, if you're running four miles and you're doing all this stuff, like, the what, like, part of the prosecution was like, why did you not? No, run, run away. away. No, I know. <laughs> a part of it. I know. Um, but it comes into the so sad. The the, the her her defense is a bad defense. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily her fault. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So anyways, she's caught. And she is charged with. Um, Wait, how are they caught by running? No, they 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 um they tracked them. <laughs> okay, and uh, and caught. Like, them. what are these people doing with backpacks <laughs> no, made I know, of gold? I know. They're like, who's this guy? They look no. suspicious. <laughs> no, no. Um, they uh, the FBI found out where they were staying, and they caught the first two, the two women, um, because they were at home, and then the gentleman was out, and he came home later. Okay, so, all three are caught. Patty Hearst is charged with um bank robbery and um committing a felony with a firearm but for this one for the bank robbery that she's on trial for she's the only one being like um tried for this particular because everyone's dead because <laughs> right. right. we already shot the other ones and this is the one that they have her there's like video surveillance oh, yeah. video, yeah. video of her yeah it's not her, yeah. great like it's <laughs> but it's footage it's the only evidence really it's well yeah it's her like oh, standing in the middle of the bank with a like a with a, a rifle, semiotic, semiotic yeah. yeah wow yeah so her trial happens in 1976 just to set the stage there's a jury of five men and seven women i'm looking at images of her i know yeah yeah she was yeah she was young she was beautiful it was like you know that and so um a lot of things that were coming out they would release like propaganda images of her like with guns there's this famous image of her in front of like the sla whatever um you call it logo Mm -hmm. um yeah, but and then the the bank robbery footage would become like mm-hmm. circulated. Like she she looked like yeah. a vigilante. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So the trial was trial was in 1976. There was five men and seven women in the jury. Um, the I forget the I forget if it was the defense or the prosecution, but having women in the jury was like that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So she was she has two. She's on trial for two things. Um. Her lawyer is F. Lee Bailey, who would eventually go on to represent O.J. You don't have heard of him? Oh, my God. <laughs> OJ, yeah, yeah. It was part of his defense team. Celebrity. <laughs> I know. He was described in this documentary I was watching. He was described as colorful, which I don't Is trust. racist, right? No, he, I mean, he's 
straight up white, but his like he's personality white, is. Oh, I thought you were talking about OJ Simpson. Oh, no, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh my wow, god, that's no. racist. That's the most racist thing. <laughs> I, would, I would say that that's like I don't think that's racist. I think that's a weird way to describe that's a OJ weird Simpson. Way to describe like, OJ. abuser. No, Effie Bailey, the her lawyer, is described as colorful. Mm. He is a colorful lawyer. He's you know he has a personality, and I just I don't know. I don't trust anybody who's job is to keep me out of prison. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be colorful. Or flamboyant. <laughs> no, like I just want them to be like, I want them to be cutthroat. That's what I want. Yes, but I do want them to put on a show and be a good, sure. persuasive uh, defense attorney, you know, arguing for me. I want them to be you know, I do want the them to be yeah. put on a show. To have a presence. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. So she's on trial. The defense is, as we've talked about a lot throughout this episode is that she was brainwashed and not acting on her own free will, um, which, as we sort of discovered, becomes a problematic defense because of all the evidence that the prosecution presents of her seemingly acting on her own free will, which is like the tapes. It's the video evidence. It's the fact that she did not escape when she had ample opportunity to do so when she was given, you know, um, sort of like full reign of like movement. Um, and so they really poke holes at this idea of like being brainwashed and Stockholm syndrome because the the sort of propaganda that the SLA did with her is kind of like not have, not being forced to do this basically. And then, so what they did, which also, this was just a totally like bad defense um, like from start to finish because they put her on the stand to basically be like, yes, I was brainwashed. Yes, I was brainwashed. But her lawyer was like, don't answer questions about like these certain things, which is basically a ton of questions. So she would constantly say, pleading the fifth. I can't answer that. Pleading the fifth, pleading the fifth, which does not mm. look great. Yeah. If you're on the stand for your own defense to be like, plead the fifth. It's like, okay, you're guilty. I don't know. Wow. And right. she's just being like told what to do from everyone. It totally. Like. She just was sheltered and then put into this group and then now, now the lawyer is just telling her everything. Yeah, so. right. Because, and there's a theory that like her parents, because her parents were paying for the, our colorful lawyer, that her parents wanted the brainwash defense. They didn't want like to acknowledge or to entertain the idea that she would have acted like that she would have chosen to act to do It looks better yes, for them. It yeah. looks better for them. It's right. like, my daughter could not have done this. La, 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 la. But also what else would have her defense been? Like, I don't, it, she, like, there, you can't say, like, what, plead temporary insanity? Like, that. Yeah. Well, like, or that she would say, like, they told me it was a good idea and I did agree with this. I think, yeah, it sounds like they didn't want any, any of, like, the kernels of truth that she could have yeah. agreed with totally. or associated with. They, they don't right. want that. And they, they don't have any of it. Like, yeah. refused, um, like, plea deals were offered and they refused plea deals um, because. They were like, she didn't commit a crime. She wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, she's being forced. To we're going to get out of it. We're going to get out of it. But people say because she was a first time offender with no record that probably would have gotten a lesser sentence if she mm. would yeah. have taken a deal, which yeah. is generally what happens when you yeah. don't take a deal. Um, so how the rape thing comes into play is part of the part of her defense is that I was raped. I was tortured. I was um, raped repeatedly by this one particular um member called Willie Wolf, a.k.a. Cujo. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, so, she, and he was one of the ones that was killed in the shootout. Mm-hmm. And after he was killed, she would carry around a trinket 
of his. Like she would like carry it with her. Like this is like, like this is from him. And I, you know, like, like she made a statement that she released a tape after the murder, after the shootout happened, being like, we mourn our brothers and sisters and all this stuff. And so the, the prosecution was like, if this man repeatedly raped you, why did you keep this trinket? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Which like, there's so much psychology behind why somebody would do that. Yes. But that was that was part of the prosecution being like, you're carrying around this thing. And her her answer was, well, it's art. And I like art. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a very like she wasn't when she didn't have the words to explain. Yeah, it. she wasn't like she had nobody helping her explain. There's no like psychological explanation. It sounds right. Like. Yeah, right. Although she did profess to like love him. She did. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. she? Like, what happened? Wasn't she pregnant, too? Or no? I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen her about kid. She's the mother of Lydia Hurst, which is like mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. socialite person. And I believe mm-hmm. that Lydia Hurst, she had Lydia Hurst while she was in jail. But I, I could be wrong, but I think that that's it. So it looks like Lydia was born after she got out of born prison. My year. Yeah, because she served, she was sentenced to seven, but she only served, she served less than two. So she was sentenced. She, she was oh, sentenced. Yeah. 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 Oh wait, we have to go back. Okay. Yeah, we'll go back. Yeah. Um, wait. Okay. So she's on trial. She's on trial. Her yeah. defense is basically being like, I was brainwashed. I was tortured. Yes, I, I was didn't raped. act on my own free will. I was raped. It was all that stuff. Um, and the jury deliberated for 12 hours and they found her guilty of both charges. And she was sentenced to seven years in prison. Okay. So that is, that is the end the of the, the trial. Okay. Then that's when the government starts getting involved. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the government? Yeah. So they ser- she serves two years. Um, and Jimmy Carter. Shout uh, out my boyfriend. I know. We love Jimmy Carter. We have big plans to go see him <laughs> down in Georgia. Yeah. He hosts a Sunday school. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He's alive. He is How alive and he's the best. Jimmy Carter is alive and while he's he building houses. Best. He's doing Sunday school. He is the love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, he's he's in the world. so great. He's maybe 88 years old. He's way. Oh, yeah, he is. He's I like 94. Him. Is he? he older than that? He's adorable. Yeah, he's the he's now the oldest li- living president. Living president. Yeah. yeah. He, my yeah. entire yeah, life, he he's cute. been a former president. Like, I've always yeah. been like, yeah. When was this guy president? You know what I mean? And how is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's never been a president in my lifetime. I, don't I know. know. Well, he did only serve four years because four we years. weren't ready for him. But no. um, yeah, he's he's been he's been not a president for longer so than long. I've been alive. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, incredible. It's incredible. Um, but he uh, commuted her sentence, um, which basically means he just stopped. He lessened the sentencing that she got from the trial. So they sentenced her to seven, um, and he basically was like, "Okay, great. It's been you know time served." Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. it. And she was let go. And then when Clinton was president, um, he uh, pardoned Patty Hearst. And is there a reason that why Clinton got there? Like why he pardoned her? Did more evidence come out? No, s- I think it's just I mean, I think part of it is like a time change. Like in the 70s, there were a lot of things happening. I mean, you're talking about like the Manson era, all of the radicals, yeah. the cults, the like the children being Nixon. kidnapped people, Nixon. Like <laughs> there was a lot of scandal and drama. and there was, you know, like the energy crisis and OPEC and like there was just the Vietnam, you know, folks were coming back from war and like it was traumatic and mm-hmm. there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of riots. And so I think once you have some distance from that era, but then you also learn more about what 
Stockholm syndrome means. Okay. And there's more, there's like some evolution in the psychology, the understanding of a psych of the psychology of somebody who's been kidnapped. The more that you learn about that, the more you're mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe this, her defense actually was possible, yeah. but we didn't know enough about it at the time or have the evidence to support, you know, what could po- yeah. like to, you know, to support her. Thing. I will say I another thing I want to add to what you're saying is I also, I mean, we're talking about an incredibly wealthy family. Yeah. And I'm just extremely skeptical of <laughs> like, you know, Bill and and honestly, Jimmy Carter just doing something, being like, I heard about this case and it just sounds right, right, awful. Right. Like, like yeah. that family influence, like you, yeah, you don't totally. get to the president of the United States for a pardon without having an incredible I like I guarantee you that family donated to oh like for sure you could look that up yeah yeah. Look that up. yeah I just think it's weird that that he commuted her sentence and then she was pardoned like 20 years later or like 10 years later like that's, that's yeah it's basically so being weird. like I this will be your legacy will not have that you have a crime which is something that happens you know Part, like, you know, I want to extend it all a branch. It it does. If you are a convicted felon, you have to put that in your jobs. I mean, not mm-hmm. that like Patty Hearst is going out for jobs and stuff, <laughs> but um, I know my She's husband fine. works with formerly incarcerated people and it's really upsetting. Like they, no matter what, it's just a personal cross they bear. Yeah. They're innocent. They get out, but they have spent all of this time. And I guess you do want, no matter what, that ceremonial feeling of like mm-hmm. you want the courts to say we were wrong you yeah. want the government to say we were wrong in this yeah. case but are we saying are we thinking that a lot of high profile pardons are scams that are paid for by campaign money is that what we're thinking i don't i don't think so i don't think so no. i just think in this particular case because yeah. i don't I, like it's hard for me to see why else you know mm-hmm. like it like at this point you know because she was she was sentenced to seven years like why would the president get involved with something like this because because there's not like a a clear thing of like this thing came out or that it's still current like it didn't yeah. seem current yeah mm-hmm. so something that happened in the 70s for bill clinton to be like you know what this is current to me it's probably completely current to her and her family totally and if he's close with the family right yeah it's relevant right. to them but to the rest of the world. Yeah. It's like, why did the case of Patty Hearst cross the desk? You know? But I also think that's, that it doesn't make sense. Like there was, um, one of the reasons that president Carter commuted her sentence was because there was a psychologist who like wrote a newspaper article advocating that she be released or forgiven or her sentence commuted. And so that's, I think that's why they did that. But then you're also talking about, you kind of have to have that distance from president to president so that it, because then it isn't in the minds of the American people mm-hmm. who would then obsess over it and it would be back in the news and she would be back in the news and the whole Hearst family. Like you kind of want that distance a little bit. Like if she's out of jail and she isn't going back, like nothing's going to happen to her. But if you, you know, take some time off and then like, you know, in the nineties ask this new president guy to, you know, pardon her sentence, it gives you some like political leeway. Like what heat did Clinton take for pardoning her? for pardoning her like literally none true yeah so like you know whereas it would have been like if it had been reagan like that's still too fresh you know what i mean like it helps to have some distance so i want to know so where did things end with patty hurst what are we has she spoken about being a victim of um 
kidnapping, mm-hmm. brainwashing. What's happened? She has a daughter yeah. brainwashing. Like, what? Yeah. How has their life been affected? So she was she was released in two thousand and one, um, be, after being commuted by Jimmy Carter. And she's yeah, she's gone on to give like numerous interviews, has spoken out about you know like being a victim and you know not being able to act on her own free will, the brainwashing, all of that stuff. She's like stayed consistent with that, and you know it. The, the thing with Patty Hearst is that it's it's always it's this big question mark that uh, America has with her of like, did she or didn't you know like was she brainwashed was she not brainwashed and like. I don't think there's like a huge sense of like consensus of like, yeah, she was brainwashed. Like, obviously mm-hmm. it's like, that's what that's to me. What's so fascinating about this is that there's, there's so many like question it's marks murky, about right? it's very murky. Like, I think if this happened now, I think people would be much quicker to forgive her. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because we, know we have so a different narrative. About, yeah. Right. Like, about, just yeah. Have a different, I also I, think that she was brainwashed, but what's interesting, what's interesting to me about this case is because to me, I'm just like, yeah, like this is clearly a, a sign of, a, a product of trauma and a product of being kidnapped, which is like, I can't even imagine being and kidnapped. At 19 years old, your brain is still very young. Oh, so oh young. God. It's not done forming. Very but what's, what's crazy to me about this thing is the fact that people still question it. You know, that there's mm. so much that has come out to be like, no, she's like bamboozling all of I you. She was a part be- of this. And their, um, their slogan is death to the fascist insect that preys upon the life of the people. It's too long. <laughs> it That's is. too long of a slogan. It's I'm just, sorry. It's yeah. like, but I appreciate yeah. the like, sentiment. Are you joking? <laughs> There's, yeah. Like McDonald's is. Extreme. I'm loving it. Like succinct, succinct. What is it again? Say it again. Death to the fascist insect that preys upon the life of the people. I've aged. And nobody since wants you said to that. be an insect. You know? Nobody no. insects are bad, especially if you're 19 years yep. old. You don't want to be a part of the insects, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Preys on people, but yeah, yeah too long of a slogan. Too it's not about the slogan. But that also, do you see why sometimes I'm like, I, yes, the rich should pay more in taxes, but I'm also like, can we not call them horrible, awful people because they're not always? And like, let's not go down that road again. Right. That sounds like a dangerous oh, trap. I see what you're Do you know saying. what I mean? Like, let's just let's acknowledge that they're humans and they should just pay more in taxes. And that's like, let's call that the end of the day and not yeah. call them horrible, awful yeah. insects. <laughs> that makes sense. Or yeah. maybe just privately, we can call them insects behind their back. Right. Um, but but don't make it no, slogan. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. We love everybody. Um, no, long. no, it's true. I do love everybody. And I do. Um, <laughs> she does. Um, I just think this is like such a sad situation because throughout this whole thing, even by getting pardoned, I don't know why. I just feel like she just has no voice in this. She had no sure, voice yeah. to start coming from this family. Yeah. She had no voice while she was in the cult. And then afterwards, it just, it is, it's very murky. We there's yeah. It doesn't feel like I hear a clear voice from her. No. And no. also when you are traumatized, things aren't that clear. Right. It's no, it's not. I mean, things. and when Jeffrey Tubin's book came out, she did some interviews right after that where she basically was like, she came out and like and against the book um, and told Jeffrey Tubin that he, I mean, not told him, but said of Jeffrey Tubin in his book that he basically was glorifying the kidnapping and the rape and all of the stuff that happened to her and what? that his source was one of the kidnappers. And so she was like, you know, how can you believe everybody's stuff in this for her. book? She's like, not really, right. She's yeah. not really speaking for herself. And yeah. so it's, you know, and if you're going to, I mean, it's an interesting source to have one of the kidnappers, right. but then you have to have, you have to balance have an, it out with the scope of the really scope, what's going right. on. And like yeah. have other multiple other sources to kind of put it into context. Can you imagine you go from a house where obviously your parents are super in charge, they're paying for your lifestyle, 
You go to a cult where everybody's in charge of what you say or do. You finally get out and then somebody is writing a book about saying in charge. And you're like, you, she doesn't have any say in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Did she ever come out and did she write anything? Did she? She didn't write anything. She's given interviews. Yeah. Like she's like, yeah. she has publicly come out and talked about it. I think just the, 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 the problem I think people are having is reconciling the fact that she like committed crimes that there were actions. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, to me, I'm like, no, I get it. Like I'd kind of do whatever it takes to not be put in a closet, especially if I was being raped and, you know, abused. I was like, I would, give me the gun. Let's go. Bank of America. Um, (laughs) We're not going to rob a bank. Please don't. (laughs) But, but I, but I think that's what people have a hard time dealing with because, because, you know, this idea of, brainwashing and stalking and good syndrome. and bad it being yeah very clear. and people yeah. and people like not understanding sort of like the complexities of you know the mental state when you're in trauma um mm-hmm. so a lot of people would be like i wouldn't do that right i would never like i would put me in the closet keep me in the closet and i'm not gonna can, commit crimes you can be in trauma for multiple years that's the thing too. Oh, it's right. like it's yeah. not like you have a traumatic incident and then you move past it or somebody goes well why didn't she she, she they were on the run for two years why didn't she escape like that could be an incredibly abusive traumatic two years no one's there next to her. Right. And it's it. not like you internally have, I mean, it's when you experience trauma, like, I, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced some kind of trauma. Like when, like when somebody dies, it's not like you're, you, un, you automatically, your brain doesn't understand how to process that, mm-hmm. how to process that information. And so you want, when something traumatic happens, you know, in this type of a situation, you we would like to think that there was some kind of like alarm bell that went off in Patty's head that was like, this is bad. This is how you should act. you like some kind of like, you want to be able to think that she would be in her right mind. But you I, just don't understand. Like people don't yeah. react I, the way you think they would react. Yeah. And you don't react how you think you would react. No. And I bet situations. if you are a very compelling kidnapper, you've already <laughs> thought of what her doubts will be. And you jump on that. Right. Like I have a feeling that she would be like, well, what about this? And they already come prepared. Like right. all, all the, a lot of scam artists like already come prepared with your questions and queries. Yeah. And so they have an answer to everything. Um, I know when I was in a traumatic experience, I didn't register until a week after. Yeah. For me, it, it until a friend was like, that's weird. And then I, and then I, cause I think I was just trying to like normalize my life totally. right. for that week. Yeah. I was trying to be like, I'm normal. This is fine. This shitty thing happened to me, but it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. And then, so it took me a week of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you all, you then change your, your patterns of behavior too. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. thank you for bringing us the scam. I know it's so, I mean, it's so, it's not a, it's not a clean one, but it is. It's so a, much. It's fun. a murky one. It's, it's a murky it's one of like, did she? Didn't she? Yeah. But, yeah. You know, we are all in agreement. <laughs> we all decided what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know. Yeah. Um, we know. Oh, yeah. So Patty will call me later. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your podcast and and what people can expect yes. from it. Yeah. It's um. So each week, Lizzie and I take a topic, um, a civic, political, government related topic or process, and break it down. Um. It's funny because Lizzie is super fun. I just scream. I just Great. scream. Why is this crazy? Why? And her hands go That's over her question, eyes though. and yeah. she just like, I'm just like, why is this happening? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Um, Our country doesn't make sense. It no. really doesn't. And every time we pick a topic, we think, I mean, sometimes we pick a topic and we're like, this is going to be great. We're going to do How a Bill Becomes a Law. It's going to be like an easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl hour of recording. Boom, bang, boom. And it becomes just utter chaos because you don't realize just how many. There's so many steps. There's so many steps. Oh, there's so man. many things. There's so many weird terms. Yes. Um, so many hoops. So many, so many hoops. hoops. And so, you know, we just try and demystify 
We're trying to demystify the government. That's basically what our podcast yeah. is about. But in a way that's fun. In right. a way that's like, hey, you don't have to be an expert. You're an American. You're right. a citizen. You can. You should know how our government works. Right. And we're going to help. Ideally. Yeah. yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally. Are you guys... And are you guys like political people like outside of in your daily lives? Are you like, do you do political stuff? Are you lawyers? I don't know. I, yeah. God, I wish. No, I'm a comedian. Um, and so I'm as political as my jokes are. Uh, but you have experience. Uh, uh, yeah, I worked in politics and I work for a public affairs company. Um, and I've ran uh I was chief of staff in a, of a congressional campaign last year. So I operate in that world. Yeah. So that's, that's where that comes from. You're so an I, expert. Yeah. She's an expert. That's a, great. You're yeah. a sex expert. Oh my God. You're if only. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much <laughs> um, for coming on and trying to yeah, feelings about this. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes. This was so great. Yay. 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 <laughs> Um, guys, thank you so much. This was really fun. And we got real deep into kidnapping psychology. All of us got uncomfortable. Which Caitlin loves kidnapping. She loves murder. It's, guys, her favorite it's something thing. I'm very comfortable talking about and thinking about. Very comfortable. Um, <laughs> if you guys have um, any um, any thoughts about this or were had you know feelings or memories or stories on this case you could always call us we love your calls and hot tips you can email us always at scamwowpodcast at gmail we're on instagram scamwowpodcast and then we are obsessed with our hot tip hotline it really like warms our hearts to get a call and that number is 347-509-9414 yes and again you guys can listen to let's get civical on the more banana podcast network which is all um women's voices unfiltered yes kate is giving me the thumbs up kate is the owner of the network and our producer and she works tirelessly on this fucking network so please support it and check out their other podcasts bye Hey everyone, I'm Noah Daniels, one of the hosts of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast, and I want to introduce you to the perfect podcast to get you through spooky season. Find out what happens when three skeptics who want to believe in the paranormal interview people about their horrifying experiences. Again, that's the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast. Now on to the trailer. I've been warned to not tell this story, but I think because of the way it ends, it's okay to tell this story. Because some people say that with certain entities to like speak of them or talk about them or in any way portray them as powerful will attract them to other people. The creepiest thing about it to me is a lot of times it would wait for me to notice it. It would just lay its arm out like this and then I'd be like, where is it? Where is it? And then I'd see it and then it would just slither back. Make sure you hear the rest of that episode. It's called Devin's Demons. Again, that's the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast available every Monday everywhere you can download podcasts.